Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Murphy's League. I know I've been a little inactive recently, I'm really sorry about that. I've had a crazy busy week between midterms, my work, um, just school in general, a lot of stuff going on in life. I appreciate you guys being patient with me. Sorry for not having back-to-back -back uploads on Tuesday. Um, missed last week with it because I was just super busy. Missed this week because I was a little sick, had a midterm, um, just really didn't have time to get it all done. Even now, I'm kind of winging this one a little bit. I don't have as many notes as I normally do. But there's a lot of really exciting stuff going on right now. Obviously, the NBA really picking up. Blazers finally get their first loss. We'll talk about that. Um, don't really want to talk about the Lakers too much. Going to talk about the Bulls and the Celtics a little bit. I'm going to talk about the Suns because they've started... Starting off really hot, surprisingly hot, um, and then of course we're going to talk about the NFL. We're going to preview Sunday, talk about some of the games, talk about some of my favorite bets, and then other than that, um, I want, I'm going to start this podcast by talking about the Bears, because if you weren't watching Monday night, they absolutely whooped the Patriots' ass. One of the biggest ass kickings, honestly, all year, that game probably shouldn't have even been as close as it was. Not that it was close, but I mean, the Bears easily played the best game of the year so far. Justin Fields really showed a lot of improvements. I loved our offensive and defensive play calling. Honestly, it was just an ass kicking all around. We won on defense, special teams, offense. Um, I really like what our coaches did in this one. I'm just very excited. As a Bears fan, you have to be excited for this one. Obviously, still not expecting the most from the season. Robert Quinn got traded yesterday, so we're going to talk about that. He is headed to the Philadelphia Eagles. We'll break that down. Um, yeah, so let's jump right into it, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Without further ado, let's get right into it. Alright guys, so as I alluded to in my intro, I'm going to start off by talking about the Chicago Bears. Um, obviously, my favorite team in the NFL, that's no surprise at all. I'm sure every single one of you guys already know that. I've been talking about them all season. Um, I cover them a lot. And it's my show, so I want to talk about it. They absolutely obliterated the New England Patriots in primetime in Foxborough, something that I never really thought I'd be saying. And honestly, you just really don't see Patriots teams get completely outclassed in every single aspect of the game, especially against a team like the Chicago Bears, which of course have had their struggles in recent years, especially with coaching, um, schemes, other stuff like that. They've been criticized earlier in this year for not using fields correctly. I really loved what I saw Luke Getze do in this game. There was a few play calls that he just absolutely killed it on, and he really seemed like he was putting Justin in more situations to succeed. He was trying to get him rolled out more. Um, I love that. I absolutely love that. That was one of the first things I noticed. You noticed it on the very first drive of the game. Justin was working outside the pocket. He was finding crossers, taking what the defense was giving him. But, I mean, beyond that, there was a couple times where the Patriots, you know, they're a very man-heavy team. The Bears were scheming up really well, scissor and cross routes concepts uh, that just broke down those man-to-man -man plays ended up being some big plays for Donnell Mooney um, we saw that happen excuse me I feel like I'm about to sneeze with Economy of St. Brown as well here it is <laughs> there we go live sneeze on the pod I'm not even cutting that out fuck it um, <laughs> I could have totally just paused the recording and then sneezed and kept going but we keep it authentic here so I mean, I loved what Luke Getze did in this game. Is what I was trying to get to. I mean, he schemed up a really good well, really good well, wow. A really um, good game plan for Justin Fields. Got him rolling out a lot. Got him 
and honestly, Fields made some really incredible plays with his legs if the play broke down. There's a couple times where it looked like the pass rush was just about to get to him. I believe there was a there was a bad snap on one of them. He t- ended up turning into a first-yard gain. Um, those are the types of plays that we drafted Justin Fields for. Those are the types of plays you want to see out of Justin Fields. And I really like to see them just adjusting. He was too much of a pocket passer in some of these games. I think that was really one of the, our biggest downfalls in that Washington Commanders game. I think if we rolled him out of the pocket a little bit more, at least made the threat of him running and just not having the pass rush immediately, you know, get to him because... Our offensive line is not very good. Run blocking, we were surprisingly good in this game, and we've been pretty good all year, honestly, but pass blocking is really not our strong suit, so I really think rolling him out in the pockets, getting him in those naked boot looks, all those types of stuff would really help his game. Um, and we've struggled with that this year. This year, it looks like we really did a good job of scouting ourselves, seeing what we did wrong, seeing what we can do well, and we really exploited that. So, I mean, If you're a Bears fan, you have to be extremely excited from what you've seen. Obviously, I'm juiced up. I loved what I saw from Justin Fields in this game. He obviously did have an interception, um, so not a perfect game. There's still spots to improve. But in a way, that's, I mean, that's not better. But, yeah, he's a young quarterback. He's got some spots to improve in. He can definitely improve as a pocket passer. He can definitely get rid of the ball quicker in a lot of scenarios. But I really think that's going to happen once him and Luke Getze just gel. And we're really finally starting to see that Luke Getze's really, like, plain to get the most out of Justin Fields instead of the opposite. It feels like last year a lot, the offense was just trying to adjust to Fields. Or excuse me, Fields was assigned to adjust to the offense and not vice versa. Um, I love what we're doing here. We're trying to get the most out of our guys. We know what we have. We've got wide receivers that can block in the run game. Um, We've got guys that... Although they're not the they're best at separation other than Darnell Mooney, they can do some things after the catch with their legs, including our running backs, which, of course, we saw in this one. I'll get to that play in a second. But, I mean, I loved what we were doing in this game. It was just an ass-whooping. Um, Luke Getze really called a great play. And then on defense, we called a really... Before I move on to the defense, actually, one thing I do want to say, that call to the screen pass to Khalil Herbert, um, Justin Fields, first off, he made an incredible play on that. The adjustment he had to make, he pump faked it, so the defensive line blew right by him, and then he ended up throwing the screen pass. Got crunched, by the way. Should have been roughing the passer, but that's a conversation for a whole nother different day. If that's any aged quarterback, they're getting that flag in two seconds. If you don't know what play I'm talking about, I believe it was a touchdown in the beginning of the third quarter, maybe like middle of the third quarter, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Justin Fields, it was just a screen pass, and it was the perfect play call for what they were going against. It was a zero blitz, all-out blitz against the Bears. Justin Fields got the ball out as fast as he could. Uh, actually delayed a little second so the defensive end didn't just bat it down immediately because if he didn't pump fake that, that ball is going nowhere, possibly even an interception. So credit to Justin Fields. Also credit to his toughness for getting hit that hard after that. Khalil Herbert does the rest of the work. Perfect play call into the end zone. Um, beyond that, obviously... There's a little bit of a quarterback controversy going on in New England. I have to address that if I <laughs> I can't leave that game without saying this. It sounds like Mac Jones is going to get the start again next week. Will he get pulled early? Um, I guess we'll see. If his decision-making stays as bad as it's been from what we've seen so far this season, it really just doesn't look like the quarterback we saw last season, right? This looks more like a rookie quarterback than he did last year in his actual rookie year. He's just making bad decisions and bad... It's just... 
not New England football. Obviously, New England's all about their turnovers. They're all about controlling the game. Um, you're not going to be able to control games and win games like this if your quarterback has turnovers the way he has. Very uncharacteristic, uncharacteristic of him. Excuse me. I expect that them to get that turned around. I don't expect that to continue. I still think New England's a very good football team. This is not indicative of how good or bad they are. This is more just... I'm very impressed with what the Bears did in this one. I'll just put it that way. I think the Patriots will be fine. They'll bounce back. Um, they're still going to be a competitive football team. Obviously, Bailey Zappi um, got the playing time for Mac Jones once Mac Jones did get benched after the interception by Jaquan Brisker. By the way, Jaquan Brisker having an incredible rookie season at the safety position. Um, really love how Brian Poles has brought him in. Kyler Gordon, another first-round rookie, or second-round rookie, sorry, uh, had an interception at the end of this game. He's been really struggling all year, so we like to see him at least pad the stats a little bit. It didn't really affect the game in the end because, you know, it was pretty much over at that point anyways. He he just kind of iced the game, put it out of reach if it wasn't already, but, I mean, bad throw by Bailey Zappi. But either way, capitalizing on bad decisions by quarterbacks, that's what we love to see our defense do. Uh, Dominique Robinson had a deflected pass in this one, which led to a Roquan Smith interception, which might have to do with the Robert Quinn trade, but I'll get to that in a second. I mean, I love to see our rookies making plays. Braxton Jones had a really big block on that Khalil Herbert run, so another rookie. Um, I'm really excited about what this front staff has cooking, and Genuinely, I know I've been a little crit critical of Justin Fields at time this season, but it's there's going to be growing pains. He doesn't have a lot of help around him. We know that. He's not getting the ball out of his hands quick enough. That might be unfamiliar to the offense. That might be his receivers not getting enough separation. I think once he gets to be more decisive, if he knows whether he can take off and run it himself because he is a 4-4 guy, um, I think they're going to adjust the offense a little more to him, get him on more of those bootlegs, have to, you know, a little more RPOs, have to respect him as a runner, because that can open up lanes in the run game and the passing game. The linebacker has to lag a little bit. He has to worry about this quarterback that runs 4-4 and can take off at any moment. So, I mean, just a lot of things to really look forward to, again, if you're a Bears fan. But, I mean, beyond this, I really, really liked what I saw um, from the defense is what I was trying to get to, because... We've got young players stepping up, making big plays. Obviously, Jaquan Brisker <laughs> got a cleat to the nuts in this one. Comes back a couple plays later. One-handed interception on Mac Jones. Boom. Um, so, take that, Mac. Um, but, yeah, I think the future is really bright for Chicago. I guess we can get into the Robert Quinn trade now. That kind of leads me to my next thought because, obviously, this has to do with the future. So, it sounds like Chicago is – or it doesn't sound like Chicago is trading – Robert Quinn, 18 and a half sacks last year. Robert Quinn, 32-year-old pass rusher to the Philadelphia Eagles for a fourth-round pick. It sounds like they're taking on $7 million of the cap hit. I believe it's an $18 million cap hit in total. Philadelphia is taking care of the other 11, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong about that one. Um, let me know. But that's what it sounds like to me. Um, and they're going to save, obviously, future cap. It sounds like we were going to cut him at the end of the year anyways. And he really wasn't having a good year. Um, I do expect his numbers to improve in Philadelphia because they can use him in more of a niche role. He's going to be, like, basically edge four, three or four there. I believe four. Um, so they're going to use him in a lot of the specialty packages. They'll keep him fresh. He's not going to have to play so many snaps. And obviously this gives an opportunity for Dominique Robinson, our fifth round rookie who was really productive in preseason. I really liked him coming out of college. I really liked that pick when they made it. And he's been surprisingly productive already for a rookie fifth rounder, um, coming out of Miami, Ohio, very raw at the position. He was actually a former wide receiver. Um, he's had a sack against Trent Williams this, this year. He's had a couple other big plays, um, good amount of pressure, obviously tip pass this week. 
which led to an interception. So just more playing time for him, more, more, because obviously this is a young team. I don't expect us to make any moves this, or, you know, big splash moves this um, off, or excuse me, not this off season, this year as is. Um, I don't expect us to make a playoff run or anything like that. But it is fun to think because we were totally had that Washington game. We could be a four and three football team right now. We actually technically could be beating the Packers in the standings, which would be absolutely nuts. Um, but regardless, Robert Quinn, he's going to have a lot better production in Philadelphia. He was having a, he's such an on and off guy, uh, three years ago by now, or, you know, the year before last year, um, he had a really, really bad year for the Chicago bears. It looked like a really bad contract for them. Um, once again, just another bad decision by Ryan pace. And then last year we kept him around. He ended up going absolutely ballistic, had 18 and a half sacks, little misleading in some of those sacks, you know, um, I wouldn't say like obviously 18 and a half sacks. That's incredible. He, he broke our franchise record, but, um, maybe not quite as valuable as they seem anymore. Pressures are really valuable, stuff like that. Maybe a little bit of an over overvalued stat. Regardless, um, I, I like the move for both sides. I thought we could have gotten a little more and it feels like we kind of traded him when his stock was extremely low. If we traded him before the season, I genuinely think we could have at least gotten a third round pick for him, but I get it. A fourth round pick, I'm not going to complain, especially if, you know, Ryan Poles continues to show that he is a good GM. He can manage these picks very well. Um, and I don't know. It feels good to have a first round pick. It feels good to have a few other picks than that. Um, I really, I'm just holding out faith. And if you're a Bears fan, again, you got to be excited. So I think that's enough about this game. Obviously going to be interesting to see what happens next week with the pa Patriots. That's going to be something to, to excuse me, keep track of because Mac Jones, again, expected to start. They are playing the New York Jets who have arguably the best corner duo in the league right now. Their defense is playing really, really damn well, led by a lot of really young talent and Robert Sala. Um, so if Mac struggles again, is Bailey going to be put back in? It looked like Bailey was going to be, you know, the Patriots savior in this game. He scored 14 unanswered points for him, uh, went up 10 to 14, and then Bailey kind of started looking more like Mac in the first couple drives. It all got really ugly really quickly. So, it's going to be really interesting to see, to track that, see what happens there. And I guess that's all I have to say about this game. I'm just, I'm so excited about the future of this team. I know I can't get myself too amped up because I'm, it's still the Bears at the end of the day. They haven't been good in a really long time. Um, but I don't know. There's something about it. I have some faith. I really like what Matt Eberflus and Luke Getze is doing. I think Luke Getze was an excellent hire offensive coordinator. Really like the adjustments he's making. And... We'll see. I'm not expecting us to make the playoffs or make any crazy push this year, but we're a competent football team, and that feels really good to say, <laughs> especially because, you know, I had us ranked as the 32nd team in the NFL this year coming into the season. So up next, let's talk about the NBA. We're going to finish out the episode with talking, going back to the NFL, talking about just previewing some games, uh, talking about some best bets, because there is a good amount of bets that I actually kind of like this week. I don't have that big of stakes on it, but there's, there's some, there's some really tempting stuff out there. So I'll get to all of that. Um, there's a few I like more than others, but again, we'll get to all that first. Let's talk about the NBA. Um, I haven't been able to watch too many of the games, but I have been able to watch some of the trends. I've been paying a lot more attention to the bulls than any other team for obvious reasons. Um, so I know this game was a little while ago by now. I think it was actually on Monday night as well. Really good day for the city of Chicago Monday night. That was, but the Bulls actually came back from a 19-point deficit against the Boston Celtics. Ended up kind of whooping their ass. They won by 18 when it was all said and done. Um, so let's start with that game because that is the game I'm most familiar with. That is the game that I watched. Um, wow. I'm just I'm, I'm really impressed with what we did there. The Celtics, it's, it's not so much that 
I'm so impressed with the Bulls because the Bulls had a lot of str- struggle rebounding the ball last year, and Vucevic had 23 rebounds in this one. I believe Andre Drummond had 13. I'm going to check the stats right now to double check. Um, excuse me, Andre Drummond had 12, so I was damn close. Either way, th- that is something that the Celtics maybe have to start getting a little worried about they they play really small as is with they play with three guards a lot of the time Al Horford was their starting center this week um but I really think they're missing Robert Williams right about now I think it's finally catching up to him a little bit I still think don't get me wrong this is still gonna be a damn competitive basketball team they're still gonna be able to beat anyone in the league on any given night but it's finally starting to show through a little bit that they really are going to struggle a little bit getting those boards and defending the paint with Robert Williams out. They're going to need him back ASAP. I'm not sure exactly when he's going to be back. But beyond this, from the Bulls' perspective, I love what I saw from Ayo DeSumo, second-year guard out of Illinois, local boy. Uh, Shout-out Ayo. He played really, really well in this one, dropped 22 points. Um, and then on the to get back to a negative side, I'm not liking what I'm seeing from Patrick Williams at all this season. He's being really ineffective from the court. Um, defensively, he's doing some things that there there is something to like there. But, I mean, beyond that, he's just... This whole the paw thing, I'm, I'm over it. It's just when is he going to start being productive? When is he going to start putting up points and being a dual threat player, not just a defensive guy? Um, yeah, you're number four overall pick, bro. We've been waiting for you to blow up for basically three years now. I just... I'm starting to lose a little bit of hope in the Patrick Williams train. And it's so annoying because you see it in flashes. uh, And it's just, yeah, it's frustrating as a fan because the expectations were pretty high. Um, He really just hasn't been the same since his rookie year. He showed a lot of promise that year. Um, I love, goddamn, I love Alex Caruso. He does everything. Like, he is, his effort is something that, he might not put up the craziest numbers from night to night, but man, that guy is just fucking everywhere. He is trying for every single bar ball. He is throwing himself to the floor. He is defensively, he's really damn good. We all know that he's a mismatch because he's a smaller guy that can get these steals, but he can line up against guys that are a lot bigger than him. Um, not entirely sustainable all the time, but I mean, really impressive what I'm seeing there. If you can hear that plane, I'm sorry, but I mean, damn, I'm just. I don't know. This team, obviously, I was expecting to regress a little bit. If you've seen my, um, if you watched my NBA preview episode, which was, I mean, a little over a week and a half ago at this point, uh, you know that I'm not expecting the Bulls to be nearly as good as they were last year. But hey, I still like what I'm seeing. I love that Zach Levine is back. Up next, let's talk about the Brooklyn Nets really quickly. Um, And then I'm going to get to the 76ers. Might talk about the Blazers a little bit because the Blazers have been lighting it up. And then we're going to move on to the my NFL preview for this week because, obviously, that's really my forte. NBA is not really all that for me, but I'm still a fan. I like to talk about it. So, I need to talk about the Brooklyn Nets because they have now slipped to 1-3 after Giannis Antetokounmpo just put on an absolute show in the second half on, what was that, yesterday? Yeah, on Wednesday. I don't know when you're listening to this, but on Wednesday night, Giannis Antetokounmpo dropped 34 points in the second half against the Brooklyn Nets. Um... And I think there's a little bit of tension starting to form here against Ben Simmons in this locker room. Obviously, I'm not there. I don't know what's going on, but it kind of just feels like that. He's had a lot of problems with fouls. He's fouled out, I think, two out of their first four games. At least two. I know that for a fact. Might be three. Um, And he's just looking like the old Ben Simmons. He's getting a lot of playing time. He's kind of doing his thing defensively. He's playmaking decently well, but really, like... 
Nothing, you know, incredible for the lack of production he's putting up outside of his assists. I mean, he's averaging like nine assists a game, which is a good number. That's that's a lot of assists, right? But I mean, when you have like five rebounds to go with it and like he's probably averaging like six points on the year, if that, you know what I mean? He's just not taking these shots. He's not looking like the guy he even was in the preseason. He looked a lot better then. Um, and Kyrie and KD are really just carrying the load on this one. Rose, Rose, Royce O'Neal, excuse me, has been doing some good things offensively, but that's really not someone you want to depend in night in and night out. Um, Kyrie Irving and KD can carry this team to, you know, above, maybe just above average, you know? they can They can make the playoffs this way those superstar players are good enough and they can make enough shots they can create their own shots uh they can play make enough that i think they can you know they can be good but is this a championship championship contender right now i really don't think so i just don't see enough enough depth on this team i need to see ben simmons more like you know second year in the league ben simmons third year in the league ben simmons and his looks like his confidence just still isn't there it really looks like the media gets to him um He's not taking wide open shots again. It's just really frustrating to see. He did take, he did shoot a three the other day, so I got him give him credit for that. Missed it, but he did shoot a three. Um, I'm just a little worried about this Nets team. They're still going to be really competitive. They still have two superstars carrying the way that are amazing, amazing. Don't get me wrong, Katie and Kyrie are still amazing basketball players, but yeah, a little bit concerned there. Up next, let's talk about the Philadelphia 76ers. Their slip also continues. They have now moved down to one and four. Um, James Harden started this year really, really well. Kind of came down to earth a little bit against the Raptors. Joel Embiid was actually the one that wasn't showing up. He showed up really big for them in this game, as did Tyrese Maxey. It's, it's weird because this team and how good they've been playing and how good I think they're going to be is not indicative of their record at all. This is not a 1-4 basketball team. They they should have won some of these games. Um, I still think this is going to be a really competitive team. I don't think we have to panic about this yet. We just need their superstars to all be on on the same day because we know how loaded this roster is. Obviously a little top-heavy. I talked about that in previous episodes. Um, they really have to just rely on their starting five, just being there, being consistent, staying on the board, or staying on the, on the floor, excuse me. And that's not what happened against the Raptors. Joel Embiid, Tyrese Maxey did their thing. James Harden didn't have a bad game money stretch. He he had 18, 9, and 7. That's still a really damn productive game. Um, you want a little bit more from a superstar like that. But hey, compared to last year, you'll take that, right? Especially the end of last year. So, And he started the beginning of this year really well. It was really Tobias Harris and P.J. Tucker that didn't really do their thing in this one. Uh, Tobias Harris, only 3 points in 34 minutes. You, you need more than that, man. Especially the way he's getting paid on a roster like this one. In a all-in scenario, fighting for a championship right now, you expect better from him. Um, again, the best is still ahead of this team. I don't think we have to panic. It's so early in the season. This is still going to be a damn competitive basketball team. And there's still a lot to look forward to. Obviously, they played the Raptors yesterday, uh, Wednesday, again, depending on when you're, when you're listening to this. Um, and the Raptors just played a really damn good team effort. It's I, The Raptors are the Raptors, right? They, they've got Pascal Siakam leading the way, but beyond that, they've got contributors all over the place. Fran Van Fleet doing his thing. Gary Trent Jr. showed up huge in this game. Really funny stat line, 27-0-0. No rebounds, no assists, but just buckets. Um, pretty funny there. But I mean... Beyond that, just a really well-coached team, young, still playing really well. Scotty Barnes, obviously, we know what a superstar he can be. OG Ananobi, really solid young player. Pascal Siakam, 
blah, blah, blah. We all know that um, Toronto Raptors are going to be a damn good basketball team. And I'm not panicking on the 76ers yet. So before I get into my NFL preview for this weekend, I want to talk about the Portland Trailblazers really quick because they finally got their first loss of the season. And Miami actually looked really impressive in this one. Um, got Again, one of those teams, just an all-around team effort. A lot of guys in the double digits here. I believe they had seven guys, if I'm not one, two, three, four. Five, six, six. They had six, but gave Vincent at eight. So they had almost seven guys with double digits. Um, just an Eric Spolstra special, honestly. They, they, the Blazers were bound to regress. Uh, Anthony Simons and Damian Lillard have been shooting the shit out of the ball, especially last game for Anthony. Um, but I mean, Damian Lillard just playing out of his goddamn mind this year, looking like he's really. He's been hearing what the media's been saying about the Portland Trailblazers. He's been hearing what they've been saying about his contract, uh, about his health, all that stuff. Seems like that chip on his shoulder has really grown, and he's just taken it on his own to prove all those guys wrong. But, I mean, just too much talent, too well coached for the Portland Trailblazers here. Uh, the Miami Heat looked a lot like the team I thought they were going to be earlier in the season. Um, just, again, contributions from all the guys. Caleb Martin played a really, really effective game in this one. Uh, Tyler Hero continued to ascend. Kyle Lowry uh, moving up to, I believe, 11th all-time on the three-point list. Three-point um, made list all-time. Maybe 12th, something like that. So good for Kyle Lowry. Um, but, I mean... Just, yeah, just a really good team effort. Not, not much to say there. The Portland Trailblazers finally come back down to earth. Don't worry, Damon Lillard still got his 22 up. But, I mean, they were, they found ways to slow down Yusuf Nurkish, Anthony Simons. Jeremy Grant wasn't too effective in this one. So, um, Shannon Sharp, someone who, or Shaden, I think his first name is. I think it's Shaden Sharp, I think. Um, their rookie coming out of, uh, oh, fuck. It's going to bother me. Where the fuck did he go to school? Whatever, Shaden Sharp, their rookie, um, actually playing a lot better than I thought he would. I know a lot of people were really critical of that pick. I didn't, ha I wasn't too strongly opinionated about it because, again, NBA is not really my thing. I didn't really know what to expect from this one. But he's been playing pretty solid this year. Um, liked what I saw from him in this game. But regardless, the Heat finally get a much-needed win. The Trailblazers come back down to earth a little bit. And without further ado, let's get into the NFL. My bread and butter. Let's do it. So a lot of really interesting matchups this week. Obviously tonight, I'm going to cover this one really quickly because not too many people listen to these episodes on Thursday. They tend to kind of listen to them on Friday or Saturday before the games. So I'm just going to cover it really quickly. Ravens open as one point favorites over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They are now two point dogs, something that really surprises me. Um, I don't remember exactly where this game is, but let me, hold on. Let me check really quick. Uh... Where the fuck is it? Hold on. Ravens versus Bucks. Sorry if you can hear me typing. Bear with me really quick. It's at... I believe it's in Baltimore, right? Okay, why why, why can't... Okay, oh, no, it's in Tampa. It is in Tampa. Either way, I still like the Ravens in this one. Uh, the Buccaneers have a ton of injuries in their secondary. Obviously, they need a win very fucking badly. And the Ravens haven't had an all-around really just dominant win all year. They've really just held on against a lot of teams that they should have beat anyways. And in some cases, you know, haven't held on against some really damn good teams um, like the Bills and the Ravens. I'm sorry, not the Ravens, the Dolphins. But regardless, Tampa, just from what I'm seeing, I just... Until I see it, I can't buy into it. The Ravens have at least looked really competitive in a lot of these games, even if they've choked some leads and maybe, you know haven't closed out games as well as they should be uh it's a trend they continue to you know see over and over again tampa just really hasn't looked good 
at all. They just let P.J. Walker tear him up. Um, there's something weird going on with Tampa right now. I can't really describe it. I don't think Tom Brady's all in there. I think there's a lot of distractions going on in that locker room. I think there's a lot of chatter going on in the locker room. Maybe not so much panic, but just chatter. Um, obviously, they're extremely desperate for a win in this one, but Baltimore is just right now in a different class. They're a better football team. They can really run the shit out of the ball. We all know that. Lamar is a weapon that just gives everybody a hard time. Um, I expect all their weapons to be good to go in this one. I think Rashad Bateman's going to be back. Devin DuVernay, uh, Mark Andrews. It's going to be really interesting to see Mark Andrews and Levante David against each other. I'm assuming that's going to be the matchup there. Levante, more of the cover guy. Um, Devin White, more of the sideline to sideline, um, covering the running backs type linebacker. So I'm really curious to see that matchup because Levante David, one of the best coverage linebackers in the NFL. Obviously, Mark Andrews, one of the best tight ends in the NFL. Um, an absolute safety blanket for Lamar Jackson. So that's a really key matchup in this one. Um, might be swaying the game a little bit. But until I see more from the Buccaneers, I just can't, in my right mind, pick them. I think the Ravens are going to win this game. Um, not too much insight into this one other than the Buccaneers are just not playing well right now. They've got a lot of injuries in the secondary. The Ravens can give a lot of people mismatches offensively. We all know that. And they're just... They haven't had an all-around team win, so it's a little sus, but I don't really get why they're underdogs in this one. I don't know why the line shifted the way it did. Um, that really surprises me because, again, they were they were favorites in this one. I actually bought them as favorites, which is pretty fucking annoying. I've got a parlay with them. Um, I've got... I mean, I guess we'll get to that. I'll, I'll, I'll get to that. That's, that's, that's another day. I'm not necessarily saying that's my best bet. Actually, fuck it. Yeah, I'll just talk about it now. I'm not necessarily saying this is the best bet, but if you want to ride with me, I've got a parlay right now. Uh, Niners minus one, Tennessee minus one, and Baltimore minus one. So basically, pick them. basically money lines um, if you want to take those money lines. Right now, it's $15 to pay out 92 Again, pretty low stakes this weekend because I just... I am kind of not doing great in money department right now, but that's a whole another different story. My betting's fine. I didn't really lose any money this weekend. Didn't really make any money either, but yeah, I just, let's not get into that. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, let's, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll get to those games. We'll get to those games. Let's move on. Um, before I get going any further, I know I've been talking about the Bears like half this fucking episode, but the Bears are playing the Cowboys. Uh, Fuck. The Bears are currently nine and a half point underdogs. Yikes. Um, yeah, the Cowboys Cowboys are going to bounce back. I mean, sorry, the Bears are going to regress. In this game, I really like the Cowboys big in this one. Not saying to take him or anything like that. Just want to mention it really quickly. I think Micah Parsons going to have an absolutely amazing, amazing game. This the, I really just don't like the way this defense matches up against the Chicago Bears. They can do a lot of similar things they did in the second half of that Philadelphia game. They can put Micah as a spy against Justin Fields, and he can... He can keep up with him because he's a fucking freak of nature. Um, they can have him rushing off the edge, and that can be effective if Justin chooses to stay in the pockets like we've seen in previous weeks. Um, their corners can easily match up with the Bears' second or Bears wide receivers. Uh, the Bears haven't been particularly good against the run. The Cowboys have been absolutely mauling people in the run game with Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard leading the way. So for a lot of the reasons, I don't like that matchup at all. I'm not saying to bet one way or the other, but the Cowboys are big favorites, and it totally makes sense why. Um, I expect the Bears to regress a little bit. Even though I was just talking about how excited I am and I love the future and all this, the Cowboys are just a far better football team right now with a really amazing defense, and I expect that to shine through this game. Um, up next... Let's just 
let's start talking bets, right? That's that's what you guys really care about. So let's let's get right into it. Um, before I go any further, though, I want to talk about one quick game: uh, the Jets versus this. I mean, sorry, not the Jets. The Giants versus the Seahawks. Who the fuck knew it'd be week eight, and that is one of the most interesting matchups of the week. I mean, seriously, who would have thought? Um, everyone's been waiting for the Giants to regress and lose one of these games for weeks now. They are now three-point underdogs to the Seattle Seahawks in this one. This game is in Seattle, which I think is a really big factor. Um, I could see this game being, you know, pretty high scoring, if I'm being honest. I did take the over in this game. It's, it's pretty high, not going to lie, but I do like it. It's at... Where is it? It's at 45. That's actually okay. No, that's that's not nearly as high as I thought it was going to be. I think the reason why it's only 45 and not higher because both these offenses can put up points when we've seen it before. I think the key to this game is just whoever's going to slow down the opposite team's run game. I think that's really going to be an important factor in this one. Kenneth Walker obviously been tearing it up to start his rookie year, um, playing really, really damn good football. One of my favorite prospects in last year's draft, if you followed me, you know about that. I was extremely high on him. And then, of course, Saquon Barkley for the New York Giants is just having a huge bounce-back year, really impressed from what I'm seeing there. And both of these teams can control the clock really well because of those run games, just chewing clock, chewing clock, chewing clock. But they can also break away and make really big plays. Uh, take, We saw that last week. Um, let me mute this really quick. We saw that last week with Kenneth Walker taking, I think it was like a 76-yard carry to the crib to ice out that game. Saquon Barkley, we know he has that big home run potential. I could see some really big plays in this one happening. Um, I think the really difference maker in this one is that I trust Geno a little bit more right now, which is just like... Kid, can you believe we're saying this? Like, Geno Smith and Daniel Jones are leading their divisions respectively. Um, well, I guess the Giants aren't leading the division. But, you know, they're six and fucking one. That's just about as good as it gets if you're not fucking winning your division. And it's one of the most interesting week, week eight matchups between Geno Smith and Daniel Jones. What the fuck? Who would have thought? And I'm comparing them as passers right now. So it's just crazy. Geno Smith, obviously, um, a little bit more capable of the big play. I think some of that has to be attributed to his weapons. Tyler Lockett, uh, DK Metcalf's not going to be playing this one. But Marquise Goodwin really emerged as a weapon last week against the Chargers. Um, Daniel Jones, we haven't seen as much of the deep ball as you know we've seen from geno smith a lot more intermediate stuff just managing games you can win football games that way you can drain clock that way but i really expect some big plays in this one that's why i have the over um because it is in seattle i think seattle's gonna win this one but i'm not really gonna go near their spread i believe the money line's at minus 120 that's a little more tempting um opened at minus two if i'm not mistaken it is shifting in favor of the seahawks i think a lot of that just again has to do with the big playability from the Seahawks, not that the Giants can't do that, but that's not as likely going to come from a quarterback, a pass. It's more likely going to come from a Saquon run, and that's just more likely as, or sorry, less likely to happen as is. Um, but I really think that home field advantage for the Seahawks is going to be an important one this one. Um, I think the Giants offense can struggle a little bit more than we expect. Either way, it should be a really damn good football game. Really excited for this one, and I expect the Giants to finally get another loss. Um, but again, you never know. Any given Sunday, man. It's going to be a really fun game. All right. So with that getting out of the way, um, I already kind of connected to my best bets because I did say I like the over of 45 points in that one. I'm not even going to be surprised if right now at the time of recording or wherever you're listening to this, it's higher than that because that seems kind of low for this game. But I do like the over of 45 in this one. Um, other than that, I mean, I just have a lot of under over bets i don't have too many money lines and stuff like that going on in this one i already told you about that parlay i have 
Uh, San Francisco 49ers versus the Los Angeles Rams. Like their money line a lot there. The, the spread is currently at one and a half. I bought it at one. Um, but I'm just not overthinking this one. San Francisco tends to have their way with the Rams. They've dominated them in the regular season. I'm going to stick to my gun, stick with the trend. Um, there's, you know, a lot of data to back up my thought process in this one. Um, if the Rams win, will I be surprised? No, not really. But just this 49ers defensive line, their defense as a whole, I think they're going to feast among this Rams offensive line that has been struggling all year long. And now they're without another tackle. Uh, Note Boom, I believe his name is. I'm forgetting his first name. So for all those reasons, I mean... Again, not overthinking it. They've dominated in the past. I think Christian McCaffrey is going to have a little bit of a breakout game in this one, make some big plays. And I think the 49ers defensive line, still getting healthier, um, another week removed from all those injuries and stuff, I think they're going to find a way to just beat the Rams. That's that's all I'm going to put. I don't know how close the game is going to be. I don't know how high scoring or low scoring is going to be, but I think they're going to win this football game because of that defensive line mismatch against the Rams offensive line, very similar to what happened against the Dallas Cowboys. Up next, um, again, I mentioned this just very briefly, Tennessee Titans minus one against the Houston Texans. It's gone all the way to two and a half. So again, a lot of these lines shifting in the favor of how I bought them. We'd love to see that. You love to buy your bets early. Um, I've actually been buying a lot more bets on like Tuesday, Wednesday this week because of that. Um, I think I bought all these like Monday. So I, got, I was on it really, really early um, just because I know obviously once the public gets on a side, the, the lines tend to shift and the points get a little more sus and then you really don't know what to do with yourself. So get on that shit early. Um, I bought the ten Tennessee Titans at minus one right now. They're currently at minus two and a half. So maybe take their money line instead if you want to do that. But I mean, Again, not really going to overthink this one. Tennessee Titans are playing really solid football. Mayan Tannehill is doing just enough to win football games. They were not really getting a whole lot of production from their wide receivers. Um, Kyle Phillips, Traylon Burks, there's, those guys are beat up. Robert Woods really not doing a lot. But it's King Henry, and the Houston Texans are one of, if not the worst team against the run this year. I don't know the exact metric, but I know they're like bottom five in a lot of metrics against the run. Derrick Henry really been getting going the last few weeks. I think they're just going to control the game. It's going to be a very Tennessee Titans-esque win, right? They're, they're going to win in the trenches. Derrick Henry's probably going to have like 30 fucking carries for like 120 yards, like four yards a pop. Just effective, keep the chains moving, control the clock, um, force Davis Mills to make some mistakes. This defense is still really damn good for the Tennessee Titans. I love their coaching staff. You already know that. Um, I just, again, not overthinking it. They're a far better team than the Houston Texans. Obviously, divisional matchup. These kings can always get close, but I really like the Tennessee Titans to win in this one. I have bought them a minus one, so basically what I'm saying is take their money line because it's at two and a half right now. Don't know if you want to go near that. If you want to, by all means, go for it. But hey, I like the Tennessee Titans to win big in this one. Derrick Henry to take this game over. Already talked about the Baltimore Ravens at minus one, so we're not going to cover that one. Up next, a bet I really like, the Las Vegas Raiders versus the New Orleans Saints. I'm not taking a particular team in this one. I guess if I had to, I'd probably roll with the Raiders. I think they're one and a half point favorites right now, but that's not really the point I'm going for in this one. This game is in New Orleans, if I'm not mistaken. Let me double check. Um, yes, it is in New Orleans, so not that that really matters, but they, it is a pretty hard place to play, so I guess it matters a little bit, but it might end up being a complete track meet. Um, both these offenses are very capable of big plays. We've seen that on time in and time out this year. Andy Dalton expected to make a start in this one. I think that's the right decision. I think he is still the better quarterback than Jameis Winston. Um, 
we saw him put up a lot, and I mean a lot of yards and points in that um, Arizona Cardinals game. Obviously, situationally, they kind of had to do that because he dug him in a hole by throwing those two pick sixes. I don't expect him to do anything like that again. That just is so rare. I don't think that's like ever. I've never seen that before in my life. Um, it's probably happened before, but I can't remember. Um, but I'm not taking one team or another in this bet. I actually just really like the over at 48 points because, again, both of these teams are really capable of making big plays. Mac Hollins, big play guy for the Raiders. We obviously know Devontae Adams can be there. Hopefully, fucking hopefully, Darren Waller gets going in this one. I've been waiting for that shit all goddamn year. Took him way too high in one of my fantasy leagues. I'll fully admit that. Um, I thought he was going to be an absolute problem this season. I still think he can be. Uh, I love Darren Waller just as a, from a mismatch standpoint, uh, going against Devontae Adams. Um, the Saints defense has really been playing not well. <laughs> I loved this unit coming into the year. I've been hyping them up for like the first four weeks of the season, and I really just stopped talking about them because they've been disappointing the fuck out of me. I've been waiting them to show up week in and week out, so I kind of just gave up on it. And their offense, Chris Olave, Jarvis Landry should be good to go in this one. Even with Michael Thomas out, Shahid made a really big, big play last week for him. Um, they've got they've got playmakers. Alvin Kamara can obviously rip one off. Josh Jacobs playing really good football, getting a lot of really good runs, like weirdly good football for Josh Jacobs. Um, maybe I'm just being a dick and sleeping on him, but he's playing really goddamn well. So for all those reasons, I really like the score to go over 48 in this one. In a dome, might be a shootout. Excuse me. Take the Raiders and Saints at over 48. Up next, this might be a little controversial, but I was talking about this game earlier. I'm not. T I told you guys that I think the Cowboys are going to beat the shit out of the Bears. I don't think the Bears are going to be able to get much offense going. And it's not like the Cowboys were lighting it up on offense last week with Dak. Obviously, one more week with Dak back, he might be a little more comfortable in this offense. But I really like the under of this game at 42 points. That's mostly due to the Bears side of things. I don't think they're going to be able to get much going on offense. Uh, 42 points just feels like a lot for me. For each team to get three touchdowns, I don't really see that happening. I mean, even if the Cowboys score four touchdowns right, I don't know if the Bears are going to be able to put up two. <laughs> so that's really my thought process there. Not much else besides, you know, this Bears defense is, they're playing solid enough. They're not very good against the run, but that might drain a lot more clock. So the Cowboys might not put up as many points as you think. Their secondary is playing pretty damn well. So I don't think they're just going to be able to get chunk plays in the passing game. I think it's going to be long, meticulous drives. It's going to drain a lot of clock and, you know, kind of limit those opportunities to put up a lot more points so for that reason i think that the cowboys aren't going to be scoring too many touchdowns i expect them to be effective but they're just going to drain the clock and then as far as the, the bears go i already mentioned it they don't match up well with the dallas defense at all which is a very versatile defense can do a lot of things i think they're going to scout excuse me i think they're going to scout what they did against the patriots and just kind of flip the script on them i think they're going to make adjustments for those adjustments and yeah, I think it could be an ugly game for the Bears offense. Um, just a slow-paced game. Both these teams really are very run-heavy, very focused on running the ball. So for all those reasons, t clock's going to drain. There's not going to be a lot of big plays in this one. And I like the under 42 points. Even though it is very low, I still like that under. Up next, another over for you guys. Both of these teams very capable of making explosive plays. Um, I have the Cardinals versus Excuse me, the Minnesota Vikings. I'm going to take a sip of water really quick. I keep like fucking... I've got like a really dry throat. Ah, much better. All right. Um, Cardinals at Vikings. Right. I was trying to talk about that. This game is in Minnesota, if I'm not mistaken. I'm going to check again. I should have done this, all these, before I even checked, but that's okay. Uh, versus Vikings. 
2022, sure. Didn't mean to do that, but... Oh, wait, no, it wouldn't... Oh, wait, no, it would be 2022. What am I fucking saying? Um, yeah, so it's in Minnesota. Indoor game. Not that that really makes too much of a difference, but... I'm not taking one team or another in this one. Again, we got an other, another over-under one. I told you I really like these this week. I've got this game at over 49 points. I think both of these offenses are very capable of making big splash plays. And at the same time, both of these quarterbacks are capable of shooting themselves in the foot and giving the defense some free positions for touchdowns, scoring opportunities, that kind of stuff. Um, I think the really key component in this game is can the Cardinals just not get in their own way? Um I, they're not a very well-coached football team. Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury have been seen to, you know, have had some tension this year, so I worry about that a little bit. But we all know what the Minnesota Vikings offense can be. I think that we saw that last week with the Saints. They were able to take advantage of this Cardinals defense. They were very much... Um, feast or famine last week against the Saints. They either were making really good plays on defense or just giving up absolutely huge huge chunk plays, uh, blown coverages, stuff like that. So I really think the Vikings are going to find ways to scheme Justin Jefferson open. I feel like he's going to have a really good game in this one. But at the same time, I like DeAndre Hopkins. Um, I like what they've been doing in some of their run games. Kyler Murray obviously can do a lot of things with his legs um, outside of schedule. So I expect him to keep some plays alive there, limit the Minnesota Vikings pass rush in a lot of ways. And yeah, there's just going to be some big plays in this one. A lot of scoring, in my opinion. I think Minnesota is going to put up a ton of points. I think Cardinals are at least going to be able to keep up and look somewhat competent, uh, maybe put up, you know, three touchdowns or so. So I really like the over at 49 points. If I had to take one team in this game, I, I think the Vikings are going to win. They're three and a half point favorites right now. Um, that's very tempting to ride out, but that's not what this bet is. So again, over 49 points, I feel like that's pretty reasonable. This is going to be a really goddamn long episode, so I'm going to wrap it up a little bit here. Up next, um, already talked about this game, Titans versus Texans. I think it's going to be a really low-scoring game. I think the Texans are going to, or sorry, the Titans are going to run the shit out of the ball, um, drain a lot of clocks. So for those reasons, I like the under 40 and a half points bought that as well. Up next, the Washington Commanders, two and a half point dogs at the Indianapolis Colts. It's pretty hard to vote or vote what the fuck to um, bet for the commanders but you know what sam ellinger obviously we haven't seen him yet so that might be a little bit of give some problems to the commanders because it's a whole new offense whole new scheme there's probably going to be a lot more rpos it's probably going to look a lot more like the colts offense of last year but i mean for those reasons i think the commanders know that too i think they're going to scheme to that um taylor heineke still got some swagger in him uh, making really big plays last week against the the um, I almost called them the New England Packers against the Green Bay Packers. Um, I expect them to just keep that momentum going. And I didn't take their money line, but I took their spread at plus two and a half. Um, I expect them to keep it really close if they don't end up winning this game. Um, their defense is really starting to put it together. Uh, Washington's defense, that is. Uh, hopefully Chase Young is going to be good to go in this one, but Montez Sweat having a really good year, Cameron Curl having a really good year, St. Juiced, one of their corners, playing really, really damn good football, so I just expect Sam Ellinger to have a little bit of a welcome to the NFL game, uh, not be extremely productive, obviously a little sketchy to bet on a game with a brand new starting quarterback that you really don't know a whole lot about, um, and it might give some schematic problems against the Washington Commanders, but I just think with Heineke, what they've got going right now, picking up momentum off that Packers win, I think they keep it going against effectively a rookie quarterback. He's not really a rookie, but you know what I mean. Um, never started a game in the NFL, and I expect them to at least keep it close if they don't win that game. All right. Um, 
the rest of these I already talked about a little. I talked about the Giants Seahawks on how I like that over of 45 points. I talked about the Tennessee Titans. So the final game that I want to talk about is the Miami Dolphins versus the Detroit Lions. The Miami Dolphins are currently favored by three and a half points. I believe it is in Detroit, if I'm not mistaken. And honestly, I expect we saw the Lions offense just completely stall out for the last two weeks. Um, they had a bye two weeks ago. But before that, they played the New England Patriots, got shut out, and then right after that ran into a buzzsaw in the Dallas Cowboys, only put up six points. Actually, their defense played pretty well for the most part in that game. The score really didn't show it, but it was really close until the fourth quarter. Really impressive what they did defensively. Um, and similarly... Tua Tonga-Vailoa did not play a good game last week against the Steelers. Yeah, they got the win. He should have thrown four picks in that one. The, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers secondary had, like, fucking butter on their hands. I don't know what it was, but they just they should have had a few turnovers that they didn't get. Um, really want to see that change if you're a, Dolph or if you're a Dolphins fan. Yeah, that's just bad decision-making there. I think the Lions are going to take advantage of that a little bit, maybe be able to capitalize on some of that. Um, and I think... The Dolphins' defense is still really damn good. They're really damn confusing. I love the way they scheme up their defense. Their secondary made some really big plays against the Steelers. Obviously, Kenny Pickett, not anything to write home about. But, I mean, they're making plays. I like what their defense is doing a lot. Uh, Lions' defense, again not, again, not really anything to write home about. But I like what they did last week against the Cowboys. Um, I still think Tua Tagovailoa is a little rusty uh, coming back from that injury. I still don't think he's going to have that same spark he had in the beginning of the year. Um, and the over-under is currently at 51.5 points. So that's just way too many points for me in this game. I really like the under in that one. So... With all that being said, that's going to be it for me today, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, be sure to share this with your friends and family. Follow this account at Murphy's League. Go follow my Instagram at Murphy's League. I appreciate each and every single one of you. Hopefully, you guys like this episode being a little longer than usual. I had to make up for lost content from Tuesday. Obviously, couldn't talk about that Bears game then, so I had to cover it now. Um, yeah, that's going to be it for me, guys. Hope you enjoyed it, and peace out.